Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Man, the piano goes hard. <laughs> <laughs> the, ent- the entrance music to the Wrestling Daily is trying out the Jim Johnson book, man. Uh, welcome, everyone, to another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. You see it in the sign behind me. You know what it is right here on Wrestle 2. Uh, and as you can see, I am being flanked by not just SB3, not just True Hill Heat, but the draw, the, the numbers man of Wrestling Daily now. Uh, Friday's episode with SB3 is our most watched episode ever thus far. So there you have it. The draw himself, <laughs> SB3. How you doing over there in New York, my friend? I am doing well. It is cold here. Snow is on, on the horizons here in New York. But uh, I, I think I can be the male draw because Steph is still is still the true draw. T-R-U, yeah. like True Hill. I mean, I mean she, she drew draw. money. <laughs> Like that's the difference. Like she, she's like the ultra chat queen, and like you know, I mean, yeah, you 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 like you you popped a rating, but she put she put some bums in seats. I'm, I'm like Go, I'm like Goldberg. Don't give me the title. Don't give uh, me, don't give me the title though. I don't want to call you Goldberg. My hair is driving me absolutely fucking crazy right now. Get out of my face! Uh, right, and I don't need this crown of hair either. God damn it! Anyway. We're here today on the Wrestling Daily, and we've got some news to talk about because Raw had a stinker on Monday night. And we're not talking about the content. I mean, we are. But the number that it drew was the his- historic low, an all-time low. Uh, you know, it feels like we've said that too often in the past couple of years. But now, the difference this week, we're looking at like, what, 1.5 million-ish? And AEW doing just shy of 1 million. And for the first time... They beat all three hours of Raw in the demo. I mean, the tides are turning, the seas are changing. I mean, that, that is a tangible difference. You know, we've seen it before where they're like 1.67 and they're like, oh man, that's a low number. But, you know, there was something gone, whatever. Now it's like, hang on a minute, AEW, are, you know, they keep going up and Raw is keeping going down. Don't get me wrong, it's not going to be like a flip anytime soon or, you know, a uh, you know, AEW aren't going to be the dominant force in 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 the world, dictating things like AEW, you know, WWE does right now, like in the near future. But my lord, that is for them to do this inside just over a year of television is pretty insane. SP three. Yeah, I think I think uh, people 
tend to go on either side of the plane of, oh, you don't can't make a big deal out of AEW, you know, outdrawing them in 18 to 49. Yes, you kind of can when the other show has a 25-year start. So it's like, yeah. it's like it is a bigger deal than some people probably want to admit. But, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm not too certain that AEW is going to match their same rating, the 0. 0.45 in the 1849 demo this week. Uh, we'll, we'll see. They tend to go like two weeks where they have the very strong ratings. And then this this week doesn't have too much like big time draws uh t- to come but we we do have a teaser that just got tweeted out uh a couple of a couple of minutes ago that we'll talk about which goes into one of our topics of the day but i don't see AEW beating them this week for for raw but it is a big deal that last week's AEW did beat raw this week and the record lows it's getting a reaction from behind the scenes and backstage in WWE so that's yes. a bigger deal which we will jump into uh first of all uptown avondale says what does sp and sp3 stand for incorrect responses only i'll start salted peanuts um i mean i i mean, I, I i know that the sp is like your initials right simpler yeah. or, um yeah. I, and i'm assuming you're the third of your lineage yeah. yes i am <laughs> I, I, I am sp3 my son is sp4 yes i'm sid polar the third that's SP3 for you guys. Shooting, shooting from the hip here. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Salted Peanuts works too. Um, why not? I, uh, you, know, you may have noticed that SP3 and I, in true keeping with last Friday, that's probably what the drawer was, SP3. Uh, we are both wearing jumpers once again of the Xmas variety. I'll go first because I'm going to lose to SP3 this week. Uh, I've already seen what he's wearing. It's better than mine. But... Look at the slow reveal. It's a crown. It's mm. it's it's a penguin. He's wearing a jumper. It's a jumper in a jumper. It, it's like it's it's like an Inception Christmas jumper. Look at it. A jumper inside of a jumper. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's genius. And penguins are draws. Uh, you they know, are. Even yeah. Apple Papa Pot. You don't even know about Pingu over here, man. You don't even know. Uh, SP three, give us the big reveal, brother. I, I got it. I got it. And it and and it's not it's not a, a Broda, a baby Broda. It's a baby Yoda. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Got my got my Mandalorian themed uh X-Men's uh sweater. I, I I teased it. I teased it on Friday that I was coming hard because you you man, I, I was still looking I, I was still looking at the pop that I gave your your Christmas jumper on uh Friday. It was ridiculous, but I went three D. That that was the game changer. <laughs> you did, you did. The nose, the nose got me. It even, it even popped, popped my wife. She, she loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, let your wife be the barometer. Like, I can't wait for her to check out our jumpers, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go from there. We'll get a score rating because yeah. me and SB three on our next edition, we're going to bring out our A game. It's our top tier jumpers, right? Yeah. So we've been building up to the best Christmas jumpers we have. I'm like. I'm feeling confident. Like my mine is, it's the best one yet, and I feel like the standards are already high between us. So I'm, I'm bringing it, man. He, like, what you got? I'm, Don't I'm tell going, me. I'm going next level. I'm going next level. This is the one that gets a pop from my kids, and my kids are only wow. nine, nine months old, and they they pop for this jumper every single time. Oh my god! I'm actually getting my um my haircut tomorrow. There you go. Okay. That's my that's my hair now. 
My, my wife did mine earlier today, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I went back to my buzz cut days. What the hell is this? Um, never mind. Let's just get this out of my face so I can actually continue the show. Um, let's talk about Raw, because I think we've seen some reports that... And I don't know, man. I, I'm not one to shoot on anyone, but I think WrestleVotes' recent reports haven't been to the same standard that they once were. Um, I don't honestly think, you know, I see the report of him going, yeah, it, the, WWE asked the writers to make a list of underutilized stars and the people I spoke to were like, no, absolutely not. Can you imagine Vince going, yeah, God, can you just, uh, just ask him, just ask the guys who we're not using right. That doesn't really make, you know, can you actually imagine that? No, you can't. Um, I can't put my Vince hat on and really see Vince McMahon saying that. I can see him saying, oh, what old stars haven't we brought back in a while? Make the writers <laughs> make a list of that. That might be the thing to change ratings to Vince, but uh, I underutilize superstars and the number one on the list is Cesaro. I could just see Vince laughing at every single list. As soon as he, re he reads Cesaro, he's just, okay, next. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but this is the thing, like, when you look at um, what they've tried to do over the past year to correct what's been going on in the business, like Raw Underground, you remember, like, Two Out of Three Falls was, like, <laughs> the in thing for so long. Um, they've had so many tried and failed, er you know, trials. I just, like, to me, the problem isn't the talent. There's, there is a boatload of talent on Raw. And SmackDown is moving smoothly, in my opinion. I find that a very enjoyable, easy show to watch. It's raw that is such a chore to get through. Like, some of it is so painful. Like, it, at, at, like the comedy on Monday, and I used inverted, you know, air quotes, it was terrible. Who was writing that show? Seriously. Like, the comedy spots were dreadful. Um, it's just not... And we're going to get into this later, uh, SB3, and I'll, I'll go into debate our favourite years of Raw. So please, guys, let, in the comments, let us know what your favourite year of Raw has been since its inception back in 93, I believe. So please do uh, let us know. To me, from my favourite eras, that, that electricity of like anything can happen, that tempo, that pace, you know, like I say, intensity, it's missing. It's just nowhere near the product these days. It's very formulaic and predictable and just stale. That's, that is how it comes across to me. I don't, you know, you see the, the opening promo on Monday was tragic. Like, I imagine them in creative thinking it was funny. And I did kind of pop for John Morrison, like every now and again, chiming in with like, oh, my back and like stuff like that. Like, but, uh, but the, the general premise though, pretty awful. Um, I don't, it, it just doesn't carry the same kind of cool, don't know what can happen like AEW kind of has right yeah. now. Um, and for that, I, I think there's a big detachment from Raw for people now because if you don't check it out, what are you realistically going to miss? Yeah, I mean, I, I stopped watching Raw live uh, since Monday Night Football started. 
I'm not even, and I'm not even that big of a football fan. I just was just like, I can't sit through the commercials three hours with the with the segments not being that entertaining all the time. I like stuff on the show. I like Drew McIntyre as WWE champion. I I'm a big fan of Oscar, even though she hasn't been used properly in my opinion since she won back the Raw Women's Title at SummerSlam. I even liked the Randy Orton uh, heel run prior to his feud with, I mean, even some of the Drew McIntyre feud as well. I like that, but they, you can't sit through a three-hour Raw and say that you have been thoroughly entertained for all three hours. It's just not humanly possible, no matter how much you love WWE. And I know there will be fans out there that say, yeah, no, I enjoy all three hours, but I don't know how many people's going to believe you at this point because <laughs> it's it's just hard to say and 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 actually I have to quote someone I have to quote a, uh, a one of the best uh, journalists out there Sean Rossap he made a list of all the impromptu ideas in the last two sure, years yeah. that were supposed to fix Raw you are the authority the superstar shakeup the wild card rule brand to brand invitational. No commercials during matches. Raw Dark. I completely forgot that one. Raw Underground and Retribution. I, I and I and I and I quoted this tweet. I was just like, they just come up with more innovative ways to put a band-aid on a gunshot wound than actually fixing the problems. Like they just don't know how to do it at this point. They're just grasping at straws, it seems. It's ridiculous. I honestly think that. A lot of it comes down to what John Moxley said in his podcast with Wade Keller shortly after he left the company. The structure inside of it, the infrastructure, is so terribly broken where Vince thinks that WWE has to have a whole team, you know, schools of writers across both shows that really ends up diluting and, you know, not just the process, but the product that we see on TV because he thinks it needs to be like a Hollywood production or whatever, like, you know, the big studio TV shows. And when you have, like, 40 writers, and then so you have writers working with certain talents, you know, I don't know if anyone, just a little inside thing, I guess, but most talents work with certain writers, right? There's, like, a whole group of them. So you collaborate there, but then it has to get to the next level of, like, the lead writer of the show, who then goes, okay, well, this works, this works, fine. They then present that to the tier that's below Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, presumably, across both shows. There's probably a tier below him that you would assume is like Michael Hayes and people of that nature. Then he has to get it approved by Vince, right? So you could do all this work and you've got all these angles together, but not many of them are actually congruent within the show yeah. because, do you know what I mean? You've got all these different writers working on different things. How you How you can have it all match up and actually make a show is virtually impossible. Because you've got so many irons in the fire, and then you've got Vince McMahon at the end going, eh, don't like it. No. Or he then goes, oh, yeah, but we could do this. And then the original intention is all skewed, and then you've got different directions. You hear superstars say all the time what we thought was going to happen, you know, for whatever reason. They know what the reason is, but they obviously cannot be saying it. Um, look at AEW, and, I, and I'm, I don't want to be this guy, but, like, creatively, they are better at the moment than Raw. They don't have writers. They literally just have the execs. They work with the talent and Tony Khan formats the shows. Is Tony Khan as busy as Vince McMahon? No. Like he doesn't, you know, and he is. He owns all these sports teams, but Vince is literally above every, he's got his hands on everything in WWE. Tony Khan obviously has focused very hard on writing the shows. And I don't think you can say 
he hasn't done a great job because he really has. And everything within the show seems to be woven nicely. And there's lots of inter, inter, intertwining stories. And, you know, it's every week of TV feels fresh with Dynamite. With Raw, you get the same stuff just going again and again, doing it with New Day and Hurt Business, Hurt Business at the moment. We had it with Andrade and Street Profits. Like, that's a tag division. That's, that's literally taken up 70% of the year, probably, those two feuds, which is yeah. staggering. Um, I just... I think the whole process is like broken. And I don't know if when it's going to take Vince to, don't want to say the word die, leave. And then presumably Triple H is the guy. Presumably. I don't know where Shane McMahon stands in the inheritance stakes right now. I know he sold his stock once upon a time. Um, but presumably be Triple H. And he himself carries himself a small team in NXT. Of course, it's a much smaller operation than Raw, but he has four or five guys, and this is including like Road Dog, Shawn Michaels, and a few others that put together their shows. You have to think that it's easier to do it that way with a smaller team, because in the Attitude Era, and again, I don't want to be this guy either, because you get plenty of those. Um, they literally had like four guys, yeah, four, like four guys putting together the shows. It seemed to work out pretty well. It's just crazy to me that, you know, TLC has a great card, in my opinion, when you look at it on paper. But mm. they have really just drove every single feud outside of the main event between AJ and Drew. And even that, the story is just not there. On paper, I want to see that match. But the story, they just haven't really cared about it. It's been more about AJ having almost or Drew teasing his feud with Sheamus than it's been about these two guys going at each other. I think there yeah. was bits of their promo that worked, but then it was just like, there was just logic holes in it. Like AJ telling Drew, you worked 19 years to win the WWE title. Well, you worked 19 years to yeah. get the WWE uh, title. So, <laughs> it was just like, it was like, they do not, like they need someone to follow behind Vince and check. Like the Vince can't be the last line of defense when it comes to, the script and ripping up the script last minute there has to be someone behind vince that just reads it and just like okay yeah he approved this so let me just fine tune it look at it a little bit more and then have it out yeah but unfortunately you're right it's not gonna happen no and, and you're right like when i look at just the talent on tlc it's like yeah cool i'm i'm down for pretty much every match on the card and i like you know i'm 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 a sucker for gimmick matches. Sure, I'll watch a car crash. Like whatever, I'm down. But um, is there one feud that's actually hot? I mean, Roman and KO is probably about as hot as it is, and I wouldn't even say that's as hot as it was with Jay. So, like, yeah. th that's th that tells you everything you need to know. They haven't been able to successfully build with the talent they have, and there's a lot of it. You know, I was speaking to someone in WWE today, and they were like, "How are they managing to?" pretty much screw up The Fiend and Randy. Like, it's all there. It's all there for you. Like, everything is there. Why are you going out of your way to try and kill yourselves? It's it's staggering. But, um, I actually am going to drop a... I, I just mentioned there, I have spoken to a few people in WWE about these uh, ratings low. And on Friday, I am going to drop a report on it about all the things that I've heard um, and what WWE are planning to do moving forward. So... Yeah, we've heard that obviously from WrestleVotes that there will be a reaction or uh, people have, are not happy 
with where they're going, but I don't know. It's a, uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to obviously report what I've been told, but at the same time, like I have like zero faith that anything will change while Vince is alive. I know that sounds so pessimistic. Uh, and I consider Vince a genius, a literal genius. Like he's given us the wrestling landscape that we all love today. Pretty much. He is, essentially the godfather of professional wrestling as we know it in this modern age. And I don't think necessarily he doesn't have good ideas still. It's not that. I'm sure he does have his hand in a lot of great stuff, but it's like the 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 barriers that he's built for himself in WWE and that infrastructure, it's it's all it's all wrong. I think it's all wrong, SB3. It's it's just these it just needs some type of adjustment, some type of just complete reshaping of the infrastructure. But like you said, it's kind of not looking like it's likely. And to quote uh, Russell Volts with their with their um, report about the record loads, they said in a quote, talking, a, talking to a source uh, just now who said the record low raw ratings, raw rating news isn't sitting well with those in power to a point where they expect some reactionary decisions to be made. Time will tell. And I, I listed all those reactionary uh, <laughs> stuff that they've done recently. Nothing's really changed. So I, you're on point here, Alex. Mm. And yeah, as PS says here, I still don't know how they screwed up Alistair Black. Keith Lee is another one, man. Um, as the weeks go by, doesn't look great for him. Um, I mean, Monday, I would love there to have been a good performance where I could have said, yeah, you know, see, they're all... Chatting rubbish wasn't a good performance. Nope. He he had his handicap match, the same handicap match that Drew has repeatedly, repeatedly made Miz and Morrison look like jobbers. And Miz and Morrison finally got a win in a handicap match, and they defeated Keith Lee. And then there was the report, I believe it was from PW Insider, that uh, said that the original plan was for Keith Lee to lose to Miz one-on-one. -on -one. So that was an improvement, the handicap match. Wow. I mean, you know, a lot of people I've seen writing about it and even people I spoke to in WWE, they're saying that Keith Lee doesn't look like the same guy, the charisma, you know, he's not, doesn't done well on the mic, things of that nature. And I'm like, you know, I guess this is the internal perspective that I'm talking about. They're saying he gets blown up easy in his matches, which it's possible. You know, there was a lot of missed spots on Monday. You know, whether that's totally his fault or not, there was a lot. Um it's a shame. It's a massive shame because I, um, we could do this forever. The whole from NXT to main roster and how, for some reason, some talents get lost in translation, but we'll never ever get to the bottom of it because really, it it makes no sense that you can be one thing in NXT and then for some obscure reason, Vincent Man says, mm, I don't know about that, and. And there you go. And then we're off to the races. Anyway, guys, what I will say is after that Raw chat, we will return to it, of course, because we are going to talk about our favourite years in Raw history. That shows that it can be a good show, damn it. Um, WWE do have it in their locker. Until then, we want some Ultra Chats, man. Hey. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You heard, the, you heard us. We love it. Uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestle2. The mod mother, she will give us your sensational ultra chats and we will read them out on the show. We will debate them, we will talk about them, we will love them, damn it, like they are our own. Um, so yeah, please do get those into us. We love talking about them, and yeah, it was we didn't have too many the other day with, with Louis, um, but we've already got like four or five in the chamber today. So nice SB3 the draw comes through again. That's the only way I can uh I can characterize it, man. I don't know. Speaking <laughs> of Louis. Good luck to the brother tonight. He's on Quizzlemania straight after us uh, on Parts of Unknown. So if you guys are here in the chat watching the Wrestling Daily, we implore you to go over to Parts of Unknown. Let Adam Blompier serenade you with the final quiz of the year. It really is great fun if you've never watched one. And if you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So please do get on it. And a bit housekeeping that I didn't do at the beginning, SP3. We're, we're here on Wrestle2. That's our home. Please do subscribe to the channel please do turn the notifications on and then make your way over to twitter and follow wrestle 2 there's a lot of great people here carol wands uh, that you find on twitter matthew mccoskey's on there uh, matty the hot scott there's plenty of guys up to avondale as well there's loads CM of guys chris. yeah cm chris um, the list goes on adam pearson <laughs> i see him in the chat he's a great guy on twitter too like get on there and follow each other and let's talk wrestling in a diplomatic loving way that we love to do here on Wrestling Daily. Uh, SB3, before we move forward and we talk about some more news, um, a final bow on the Raw thing. If you could change one thing about Raw uh, or the process, I've already said that I would minimalise the writing team, get quality in over quantity. I... I would say lose the third hour, but it, it won't happen because of the money yeah. involved. So uh, what what would be your answer, SB3? Um, like I said, I don't see Vince 
cutting down the writing team, but if he can have someone behind him who is the final, like, who I think Triple H, Triple H is kind of, kind of the guy that, that stands out the most to me or Michael, Michael P.S. Hayes. I think that as far as like structuring, you mean uh, Doc Doc Hendricks? Yes, 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 yes. As, uh, as my good friend uh, Romeo Anthony Colon calls him, Dork Hendricks. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, Michael Michael Hayes has been behind some of like the. He's been an agent for some of the best matches. Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 25 comes to mind immediately. But as far as like structuring the show, I think that he's been around the business long enough to know where things can fit. I just think that Vince is so enamored with the way he thinks. He needs someone to follow up behind him at this point because he's just missing out on stuff and they're just logic holes and there's real big issues that I think they just need someone that isn't a yes man because even though uh, Michael Hayes has been with the, the company for so long, he's not known as one of those yes men. Bruce Pritchard, unfortunately, for better or worse, no matter how you feel about him, he is considered the number one yes man in the history of the WWE <laughs> So he is not that guy. He's just not that guy. And him as creative director, I think, has caused more problems. I, I honestly preferred Raw when Paul Heyman was in charge. At least there was, there was new guys like Ricochet, Aleister Black getting a spotlight. That's where we got Seth Rollins turning heel. That's where we got some of KO's best babyface work prior to his Roman Reigns feud. It was with Paul Heyman at the helm. So... I just preferred it more when he was the director and not Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard is getting overworked by being on both shows. He honestly was doing okay with just SmackDown for a while. And it just seems that it's all falling apart when he's been stretched over five hours of television that he's the director of. Uh, you know, and I had high hopes for Bruce, Bruce Pritchard. Just, you know, he's been involved in so many great, eras of wwe right like so many great segments worked in great talent he's produced some great skits and uh you know he, he's worked he's got the pedigree in the business so i was like well cool like maybe i'm gonna get what i used to love in wrestling it seems to be beyond his powers to give me that um i just you know i don't think the answer is like a i don't know a vince russo or a Jim Cornette or no. any, you know, I don't think, I think that would be the same equation with Bruce Pritchard. Like, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm not sure Vince can ever, this is what I mean. It'd be very hard to know who the man would be. Cause I just don't think Vince will ever truly get along with someone who pushes his buttons. Like Heyman, Heyman's a prime example, right? Like Vince wants to be challenged. Sure. He wants passion, but only so much. He doesn't want, like, he doesn't want to be, you know, overruled and overbared. So it's difficult. It is very difficult to say. Um, but I don't know. It's again, we, we've, we've said it before the, the talent is there. I think one thing I hate, I, I'm hating myself for saying it. One thing AEW is doing really well is that they've written out everything in advance. And I remember, you know, yeah. WWE used to say this. They did, they had all the pay per views, but basically the main card the main matches on the main pay-per-views the big four they had them mapped out for the year right and then you work backwards and you go okay well then we're going to do this we'll do this and this will all lead in and then you had Germania set up it they don't know what they're doing week to week they don't know what they're doing pay-per-view to pay-per-view this one they it was meant to be Strowman and they pretty much made their mind up on that like the week of Survivor Series or oh, we'll do Strowman next get Drew to wherever 
know where you're going. And I know you can pivot sometimes because people get hot and stuff like that. Cool. WWE really don't have a plan at all. Um, no. I don't I don't think they even really knew when they made Drew McIntyre champion, they didn't go, okay, cool. And he's going to run until, and then we're going to have this person. They've got him in the feud around here. And they were kind of like, well, we know, I guess we'll do it this pay-per-view. Well, I might as well push on another pay-per-view. And another paper, like, do you know what I mean? They just, it just kept going. I don't, they haven't got any real plans and it shows in the quality of TV. So I just, it, above all else, I would like them to, to condense their team, put some great minds together and write out some content, man. Just let, just get it written out, have some plans, go from there, please. Because at the moment it's just all over the place and it doesn't help. It doesn't serve to help anyone. It really doesn't. Um, let's, before we pivot back to Raw, we've got to talk about what's been going on this week with Kenny Omega, AEW, Impact. What are we getting next year, SP3? I said on Twitter today, January is Christmas for wrestling fans. Because you, you know, I we talked about it last week. You're a big, you're 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 more of a Wrestle Kingdom New Japan fan. So that's gonna start off the year. Then you got, uh, you know, the big shows on the six with New Year's Evil and New Year's Smash on AEW and NXT. But then January 16th, Hard to Kill, it is going to be Kenny Omega reuniting with his Bullet Club stablemates, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, the Impact World Tag Team Champions, two verse the Motor City Machine Guns and the Impact World Champion, Rich Swan. It was a great post-match uh, angle, well, even the match itself, the main event between Carl Anderson and Chris Saban was a good, solid main event matchup with Carl Anderson. Uh, kind of, he, he kind of went through a metamorphosis between Final Resolution and this show, where Kenny slowly but surely poisoned his mind and, and brought the heel turn that Kenny had on AEW to Carl Anderson, got in his head, trying to hype him, trying to make him the machine gun of old, trying to get into the face of the Motor City machine guns and even Rich Swan. Uh, he cheated to win against Chris Saban using the tights. Then Rich Swan got into his face about it. He decked Rich Swan and then. Uh, uh, Luke Gallows returned. He took out the Motor City Machine Guns. And then Kenny Omega, the cleaner, with a cleaner sign over the head of the Impact World Champion, Rich Swan, to set up this six-man tag team matchup. And, and that little that little picture with the with all three uh, Bullet Club members with Don Callis, just a beautiful sight. Just a beautiful sight. And then when you look at the graphic for Hard to Krill, it's like, what world are we living in? It's just a beautiful world to be a wrestling fan at this point. You get AEW World Champion and Impact World Champion in the main event. This is like a PWG six-man main event on Impact Wrestling's pay-per-view. It's going to be a thing of beauty. Yeah, I have to think that maybe Omega and Swan then go at Revolution, perhaps, champion for champion on AEW. Um, there's so many possibilities with the Bullet Club. Like We know this across AEW and Impact. Uh, there's a lot more they can do and expand that. And hopefully it's just going to make guys like Rich Swan look a million bucks as well in the process. It's going to help Impact without a doubt. We all know where we hope Kenny goes. We hope that this leads to Impact World Champion. Then it could be meeting Ibushi. Um, who might have some gold of his own in New Japan. So, man, there's so many possibilities. And that's just so exciting. But beyond that, just this match in isolation, the quality is going to be insane. That will be enough for most people, myself included, to buy that pay-per-view. 
Yeah, 100%. This is how you draw. Like, people were kind of upset because they didn't get what they expected last week on Impact Wrestling. But, like we talked about last week, we said it's all about patience. We, we got to wait to see what they get to. And this kind of set it up. And with Impact not having any more, like, rest, in ring wrestling shows for the rest of the year, this was the show to set these things up. They, they set up pretty much their whole beginning of next year. They set up a big main event matchup with uh, Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards on the January 5th episode. They have an I Quit match between Willie Mack and Moose at Genesis on January 9th. And then they had this match to kind of close the show and made sure that people are going to be talking about Hard to Kill coming up. And I think it's going to continue, possibly, on AEW Dynamite tonight because Carl Anderson, over oh, just a little over an hour ago, tweeted out, at AEW tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time, who knows what will happen in Jacksonville? And he tagged Kenny Omega, Luke Gallows, and Don and Don Callis in the tweet. So are we going to see the Impact World Tag Team Champions on AEW tonight? That is a possibility, but those type of possibilities make you excited to be a wrestling fan. And that's why I just love what they're doing right now with this interpromotional crossover. Yeah, um, I think that'd be awesome to see them together on AEW programming, and I would I would bet on it. So, uh, uh, Ishan says AEW is like Game of Thrones season one to three. <laughs> Listen, I I thought Game of Thrones was ledge up until literally like the last couple of episodes, and until then I was all in it. Like the the last episode, like no spoilers, but I was like, come on, man, don't do my man Jon Snow like that. Um, and the way the now I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. I'll get I'll, I'll get upset. Um, but was a great show until then. Um, yeah, I, I listen. I think they're flying in the right direction here. There's no doubt about it. It's an exciting time. They've got their ducks in a row. Um, I actually spoke to that Moose yesterday in nice. an interview. Um, I don't think he, he wasn't really in the most talkative mood. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I said to him, I, like, I opened the things up. I was like, yeah, man, like, what an exciting time at the moment for Impact and AEW. Like, so many possibilities. Kind of, you know, open-ended question, you know, like a good journalist would. And he goes, yeah, it's great. And then there was like five seconds where I was like, oh, that's it, is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. You didn't, all right. No worries. Uh, moving on. So yeah, that, that was uh, that was cool. Let's get into the ultra chats. We've got some great ones in the chamber here, guys. Uh, first one that comes from. Let's start with the impact chats. Actually, Matthew McCoskey. How you doing, my good friend? Uh, hello, folks. I'm finally bringing SB3 into my catchphrase. Man, he wants to get this over. Uh, the six man tag is absolutely sexy, and I was so speechless last night. I just didn't know what to say. My question is, where do you think this will go? And will Kenny win the Impact title? Hashtag bang brains. <laughs> I mean, brains are still getting banged on Matthew McCoskey's watch. That's fine. Absolutely. Uh, um, I think he'll win the title, SB3. Yes, I think so. He he is the Thanos of of professional wrestling right now. He's got his triple A uh gauntlet. And that's another one. I, I gave y'all a bus watch match of the week last week with uh Hiromu versus El Desperado from Best of the Super Juniors finals. Go out of your way to watch Laredo Kid versus Kenny Omega from Triple Mania. That was one that's up there with one of the better empty arena matches that I've seen all year. Great stuff. But he's got his triple A uh stone. He's got his AEW stone. He just needs the impact stone, maybe the NWA stone. 
And then, and then the final stone that's going to complete the gauntlet and then he could snap his fingers is the IWGP gold. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in total agreement with SP3. Benny Boy, 004. How you doing, brother? Uh, he says, first time watching live in a couple of weeks as I've been working evenings recently. Get that stuff in for Christmas, man. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on Ethan Page debuting his talking shop character on Impact? Also, Alex, how is Cyberpunk? So you got on Instagram and heard it's a broken mess. Well, I'll kick this off then. Yes, it is a bit of a broken mess. I actually played it this morning um, before work. I took my kids to school and I had like half an hour. So I thought, quickly have a little go on it. Um, my missus was sitting with me as I was making it. You know, when you make your character, you can choose if you have a big dick or not. I, I was about to say that because yes. I, I showed this. I showed this to my wife earlier. I was like, "Why is pubic style?" <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, "Do I make it realistic, or like, am I gonna?" I don't know, man. Like, I, I was. I said to my missus, I, I, "Listen, I'm packing, and that's that." that <laughs> like, what, who, who in their right mind is gonna make their character of a small a small pipe? I'm not having that. I'm not. It's ridiculous. I was like, Genitals, what is going on with this game? It, 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 I will give them this. It may be interesting. I was tempted to have the vagina, man. I was just like, I mean, why not? Like, the game's all over the place anyway. I might just I might just do it. I don't know. Uh, listen, I played for half an hour, and it, like visually, it's like stunning, very interesting, um, but it's buggy as hell. Like, literally the first time I walked, pretty much, I was, like, stuttering around. And I was like, man, like, I obviously haven't figured all of that stuff out yet. So, um, I'm, I'm very intrigued, like, by the actual game and the premise and the concept. I'm very much looking forward to it. But, um, yeah, I really hope that there's going to be some patches and stuff that's going to make this experience smoother. Because at the moment, it is a bit, yeah, um, which is detracting from it but nonetheless my character's got a big piece it's not all the, it's not the end of the world all right and uh if you think i'm living vicariously through him maybe i am uh sp uh, yeah why not why, why wouldn't I, I still can't even if no matter what you have i can't imagine anyone would click on it and go yeah i mean i'm just gonna i'm just gonna have like a <laughs> like small dick syndrome for my cyberpunk character like maybe it makes him angrier exactly you know? maybe he carries it he's like a chip on his shoulder like, man, I'm out here robbing these people because I got a small dick and shit. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is what the Wrestling Daily is. Uh, now, apparently, for some reason. <laughs> Anyway, to the, the first part of your ultra chat, you certainly got your money's worth. Uh, Ethan Page, SV3, talk to the man. What do you think about the character? I, I This was a, a turn that they kind of foreshadowed on this show, but I didn't really see it coming. And it's kind of... Uh, kind of gave it a twist to this whole North dissension. There's been more dissension between them ever since they lost the Impact uh, World Tag Team titles back at Turning Point where Josh Alexander is getting fed up with uh, Ethan Page. And then Ethan Page on Impact was like, we are going to take care of this. And he's like, we... And I think it was Brian Myers pushed Ethan Page into the ring post. He came out as Ethan Page with the North jacket and all. And then when he raised up from uh, getting hit 
hit by the post. He was in karate man gear and he came out and he was beating the crap out of uh out of Brian Page. I think I mean Brian Myers. I think Brian Myers was the right guy because he's a good heel to kind of play the foil for for the North. And now I kind of see it as them maybe possibly turning face and maybe they are gonna have like an open end to their relationship where Page is leaving Impact Wrestling, as we've already noted, but he possibly could be signing with AEW. And with this whole crossover and interpromotional working together, maybe we could still see the North against against teams like FTR, which they really, really want to face, or the Young Bucks or SCU. There's so many other possibilities for them that are just not there with impact wrestling so i understand why ethan page is choosing to go elsewhere because they kind of done everything that they could as a team and impact but with this interpromotional storyline there's so much more for them to do yeah um i I can't really add much more to that you covered it man and covered it very well arif hanuko again I, i every time i say your name i hope i get it right but thank you very much for your super chat Hey, it would be great to see OG Bullet Club reunite. Would be spectacular for the world to see. Speaking of reuniting with a spectacle, oh no! Who do Uh-oh. you think? Who, who do you think he said? Now it's Goldberg. Goldberg. Who would you pair with Goldberg to reunite with this time? Only if he's talk, taking a non-wrestling role. Love from Indonesia. I would pair Goldberg with a retirement home and uh, that would be the end of it. Never to be seen again. Thank you for your time, Goldberg. Enjoy your money on your way. Um, and a non-wrestling role, that would be horrible. <laughs> like It's just as horrible as he is. I, I have no use for Goldberg like at all um, unless he tries to mentor Riddle and then Riddle beats the crap out of him, maybe. That's, maybe, that's the, the only thing I can think of. Um, I literally have no desire to see him in any capacity. For the record, and I will say this again, I don't blame him for Vincent Mann chucking a load of money at him to do subpar rubbish. I, that's not his fault. If someone paid me a lot of money to go and play tennis, fuck, what am I going to do? Not play tennis? Like you're paying me a load of money. Um, but at the same time, I in my heart would know I'm not very good at this. Um, and he should know that too. Anyway, that's my piece on it, SV3. Uh, I don't know if you want to weigh in on Goldberg. I mean, the, the biggest issue, and I just watched The Untold with uh, Goldberg's streak, and I think the biggest issue that I have with Goldberg, uh, even looking back at his original streak and then knowing the rest of his time after that streak ended, after his time in WCW ended, he was never used to put over a new star, ever. Yeah. Ever, like literally ever in WCW, he, Kevin Nash ended the streak. Kevin Nash was already a star. He was one of the leaders of the NWO. He was the leader of the Wolfpack. He didn't need that win. He, um, but he wanted it. Yeah. When, he comes to, when he comes to WWE, Triple H beats him first. Triple H was already a star, the number one. Oh, and then also, also like, did Triple H really beat him? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, the the, the elimination chamber one was like ludicrous. It was like a, a sledgehammer to your actual, like, literally square between the eyes. Um, like, it wasn't as if someone was like, 
Oh, pedigree, there's one, two, three. <laughs> Goldberg's never had a clean loss in his bloody life. Yes, it's, it's, it's so, so sad, but true. And then Brock Lesnar was the guy that ended his only good run since his comeback. So it's like he's never put over any new stars. So even if he comes back and he's versus Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns beats him, Roman Reigns doesn't need to beat Goldberg to be considered a star. So Goldberg's career, he... He is not what other legends in professional wrestling have but have done. Other wrestling legends have put over the future, have put over a new star. That is why R- Ric Flair, in my eyes, is considered one of the greatest wrestlers of all time because of how many stars he built by association or by losing to them. Goldberg has never done that. And he's Listen. never even been associated with anybody either. I uh, yeah. Uh, I would like to see Riddle beat Goldberg and I'd like to see Kevin Owens get a win back on Goldberg. That's primary concern for me if we're talking about giving people a win that could they could actually use. Um hang on a minute. Honest man. No one needs Goldberg to be a star. That's also true. Um but we're just living in Vincent Mann's world here. So bear with us guys. Honest man Dave says uh he thinks he sent an ultra chat. You did. We're just kind of running through impact and stuff before we circle to the WWE ones. Um, so that it's coming, my friend. It's coming. Uh, there is uh, one more. Oh, no, sorry. Let's finish Arif's ultra chat because he said about the OG Bullet Club reuniting. We've said this before, man. North America's never really had on a major scale or platform the Bullet Club. So it'd be awesome to do that and, you know, to give them the love and 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 spotlight they deserve. But uh, it can't happen in its... Uh, ideal form I guess like with everyone you'd like to be there but at the same time to get this like little window into it and really capture a bit of that magic I still think that's cool yeah I mean you can kind of if we if our our fantasy booking hats are on and we've been talking about this whole the New Japan joining this interpromotional war you can have the New Japan Bullet Club led by Switchblade Jay White who well, I, I know in the comment section, a couple of people have told me to say this. Breathe with the Switchblade because he's one of the best heels in the business today. And you can have Kenny Omega leading his own bullet club with the Good Brothers. And then you can have the Elite, where the Young Bucks, they don't really have Cody anymore. But they have a certain cowboy who's been wanting to get back on their good side, who can come and save the day and be the hero of this story. So it could kind of like culminate so many different storylines and years and years of narrative that I think the Bullet Club coming together is the best thing that can happen right now. I was listening to what you were saying, but I'm still pissed off thinking about Goldberg. <laughs> no joke. I'm sitting here just thinking, like, God, how stupid that was in Saudi Arabia. Do you know what? That's that. That's what I think. That's what did it for me. Like, I, I didn't like, like. I wasn't fond of him anyway. I've never like loved Goldberg. I'm just trying not to swear. And then he beat the Fiend. Like, I, I, I like. I was convinced. I was like, the Fiend will beat him. Like, the Fiend, the Fiend will. Yeah, Goldberg will put over the Fiend. It's gonna be fine. It was not fine. Nope. Please don't bring up Goldberg on his show. Please. It really, it really sends me. That's his trigger. It really, it really is. Uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get off this call and my, my missus can be like, Alex, what do you want for dinner? I don't want anything. All right. Leave me alone. 
Like just, just start shoot, just start shooting on everyone because Goldberg kisses me off. Um, Matty, the hot Scott says, "Hey Alex, hey it's with three. Hope you had a good day. Kenny and Impact is brilliant. I wonder if anyone will show up tonight. Well, we did just touch on that a little bit, but um, as for Monday, Raw was trash. Uh, what is your top five 2020 Raw moments? That's very, very hard." Um, Drew winning the WWE title back. Sure. Uh, Drew Drew giving the Claymore to, to Brock on the stage in uh, Brooklyn in March. Oh, man, that feels like so long ago, but you're right. It that does. was great. That it was does. great. The, um, Raw, the Raw after Raw Rumble with Orton and Edge. The, I was the, about, yeah, that segment. Uh, the Beth Phoenix segment's great, by the way, as well. Um, there's a couple of amazing promos this year as well. Rollins cut a kill one on Kevin Owens, um, in the lead up to WrestleMania. Uh, Orton and Edge had another great one. Orton and McIntyre had a great one as well before their first meeting. Um, so I mean, there's like good stuff in the rough, it's just not enough of it. I, I think Banks and Bailey, when they were first, you know, had all the belts, was another cool thing to celebrate. Yeah, there's don't get me wrong, there's no like. Steve Austin beating the crap out of Booker T in a shopping centre, and you know nothing like magical. But there is, you know, there's been a lot of good stuff. Uh, Drew has been at the heart of a lot of it, and also early this year when Oscar was doing commentary was amazing stuff. Um, yeah, there. I mean, there has been some some cool things. Retribution not being one of them. Um, let's move along. Oh, also, I actually forgot the end of Matty's thing because it's on a different page. Loving the Christmas jumpers, SB three. Get practicing your juggling. Like he's not gonna let that go. SB3. He's never. He's never. I said that's the only thing I can do. So he's gonna keep. He's gonna keep point, prodding at me for this. <laughs> uh, Dan Avondale, hey man. The uh, as, as he says, one of the elite, not only good eggs but uh, chatters. My fix for Raw is a G1 style tournament. One bracket, eight guys. Who are you two picking? Four of each of you. No title holders allowed. Also, SP equals sketchy politician. <laughs> listen, listen, SP3, he's got roots in the company, brother. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful, Uptown. Um, four people, uh, Angel Gaza, who don't have titles, right? Um, Chad Gable, Kevin Owens, and... Oh, Jeff Hardy was like my go-to there, but I actually want to have four people who, you know, need to do it and push on to like world title stuff. You can pick, by the way, because I've just like come yeah, out of the block. I'm gonna go Riddle, Keith ah. Lee, ah, um, ah, Alistair Black's my fourth. Ricochet, Mustafa, Mustafa Ali. That's a great. Oh, just raw, I don't even know says. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> that's a very good point. I totally missed that. Right, okay. Well, we've got we've got Mustafa Ali, we've got Ricochet. I'll put Cedric Alexander in there. I think he's been killing it, by the way, in the yeah. business. Yes. Um what else did he's we have? Playing, playing Brian Pillman in the four horsemen. That's his role. Right. He's the, he's the loose cannon. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Like I love the way Cedric Alexander, whatever he says, he like says with all of his chest. Do you know what I mean? He like he like booms it at people. I like that. Um so we've got Ricochet, Ali, Alexander, Riddle, Keith Lee, Xavier Woods. 
Um, he's so underrated. Um, so good. how many is that? That's, is that six or I seven? I gave I gave you my four. I think you said Cedric. You had a Cedric, a Xavier Wood, um, and Hill Garza. So Garza. We just need one more. I'll go MVP. MVP has done a lot. He's been an unsung MVP, pun intended, of, <laughs> of 2020. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Andrade's on SmackDown, I believe, for someone yeah. in the comments. Um, yeah. he, I don't know if there's anyone else on Raw that I'd really love to see get that love. Um, I would have said Elias, but we know who he's connected to now, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that's fair. Still, I mean, if that that G that G one would be killer, man. Some of the matches in there would be unbelievable. Um, yeah, can't argue with that. Uh, oh, I'm opening my emails for some reason. Don't do that, Alex. Let's move on to WWE super chats. We've got one from Bo Hill. I knew you'd be here, Bo Hill. I just knew it. I will never understand why they have writers. Nobody understands the character better than the actual wrestler. But for a long time, WWE has been accompanied with viewership in the millions with an audience of one. Nothing they do surprises me anymore. That's very true, Bo Hill. Um, Obviously, he's alluding to Vince McMahon being the audience of one. And it's it's a shame that it's gotten to where it is now. Uh, and like you say, with all the writers and the wrestlers really not having a say, I understand to a degree scripting, not word for word, but certainly direction. You have to have direction and um, bullet points and things. That's what all of the greats had, right? Direction. But yeah. to, to so meticulously tell people what to say, what their character would say, I think is just ridiculous. Um, you know, uh, I totally agree with that SP3. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 why AEW places like New Japan they are considered the better ones because they kind of give the characters that creative freedom to kind of speak from their own voice. They're not word for word scripted. So, I mean, that's that's the the obstacle you got to overcome in WWE right now. Honest man, Dave says I only started watching wrestling again in two thousand and nineteen, and already don't care about WWE. Uh, it's always the same. They have cool characters, but they make it hard to care. Um, again, very hard to disagree with what Honest Man Dave says. I mean, he, we know it's honest. We know it's candid. Um, it's just... I've, I've said this before. I adore a lot of the talent in WWE. Like, Obviously, I've got to know a fair amount of them from interviewing them over the years and watching them and meeting them in the flesh and all of that great stuff. But it's like... They're so talented, WWE. You know, this has been said before, right? SB3. The talent in WWE is not, it's probably the best they've ever had. You know, make, okay, you know, as, a, as an overall scale, they maybe don't have the highest of the highs that they've had, but certainly in ring wise and things of that nature, they've got all of the, they've got all of the pieces that they could want to make a great show. And yet they fail to do so uh, on a regular basis with Raw. I just, uh, I feel like my heart as a wrestling fan will never give up on WWE. If I'm honest, like I don't think I don't ever envisage myself, especially it's my job. I don't envisage myself just walking away and saying, "Oh, you know, whatever." I tried, um, but it is so frustrating to see something that you know what can be and what you have loved in the past be what it is today. I'm the same way. Even if even if I didn't have like a podcast and YouTube channel on wrestling, I probably still would be watching WWE. I watched WCW till his dying days, but I said this 
in 2018 when they did DX versus Brothers of Destruction that WWE was turning into what they hated the most, which was WCW in their dying days, relying on nostalgia, not really booking well in advance. And it, it hasn't really changed that much since I said that. So I've got to say, Chris G, uh, Johnson Jabroni specialist, True Who Heat alumni, uh, <laughs> the, the writers of Pepper Pig, greater than the writers of Raw. I mean, that's, that's a given. The that's best deal in the business, Pepper Pig. <laughs> And that's what he says. Hot take. Peppa Pig is a better hill than Vince. Listen, I, I don't see how that's a hot take. I, th- I think that's an absolute shoot. That's a given. What? But besides our True Hill Heat YouTube channel where you can find Chris G, we do a men's lifestyle podcast. And we're talking. We're supposed to be talking about like relationships and whatnot. And we just went on a father binge and we talked about Peppa Pig being the best heel in children's television. So. Yeah. Yeah, she she, she she gets heat like no one else. My two-year-old's obsessed with Peppa Pig at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, I am well-versed in what Chris G is talking about there. Thank you for your Ultra Chats, guys. We're going to finish up here by talking about our favourite years of Raw. It's going to be very brief because we want to get you over to Quizzlemania. Make sure you do parts of Unknown. My favourite year is very hard to nail down, but if I had to, I'd say 2000. Because, obviously, I'm a massive Rock fan. That was his greatest year in WWE. His popularity was at his best. I say his greatest year. I love Hollywood Rock. But uh, as far as the babyface, he was electric that year. Austin came back. Towards the end of the year, we had all the players. Uh, Undertaker returns as the American Badass. You've got the tag team division was the greatest it's ever been. I will stand by that if anyone wants to call me on that ever again. The best teams, the best era, the best matches the tag team's ever seen. Uh, yeah, and I just loved it. I... I I think the centerpiece of it for me is The Rock, but I'm going to pick 2000. And and I'd be hard-pressed to argue against that, but I will. Uh, this is a <laughs> debate. And I know we talked about prior to this debate that 2000 through 2005, you could pretty much pick any of those years. But since we're yeah. talking about every year in Raw history, I got to go to 1997. 1997 having Stone Cold versus Bret the Hitman Hart and the Hart Foundation. That's one of the greatest rivalries and probably the most underrated rivalry in wrestling history because the Hart, the Hart Foundation alone is worth, you know what I mean? That was amazing. I, I just watched it the other day. Brett's promo when he first trying to, because Owen and British Bulldog were at each other's throats because of mm-hmm. the great, and that's another classic match you need to watch. Owen Hart versus British Bulldog in the European title finals. Such a great match. It still lives up to this day. It hasn't aged at all. But since there, they were tag team champions together. They were There was dissension throughout their relationship. And Bret Hart cutting the promo and making Owen cry is one of the most underrated Raw moments in history. But that... Mm-hmm. That rivalry alone, then you have The Rock becoming The Rock, going from Rocky Maivia, go, joining the Nation of Domination, the whole Nation of Domination story, the 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 building blocks of the of Paul Bera introducing Kane and the lead up to that, the lead up to Kane's debut at mm. Bad Blood. You had The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. That rivalry was fantastic. Shawn and Brett shooting from the hip. And- uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and, and you you had the Montreal Screwjob and the introduction of Vince McMahon and him becoming Mr. McMahon. Everything that we love about every great year of Monday Night Raw, I feel started in 1997. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. And I miss I I feel like Rick Rude is often forgotten in DX. Anyway, <laughs> I uh, I am gonna wind it up there. Please go check out Quizzlemania right now. Parts of unknown. Leave us, leave us in the dust. Go check out that quiz. Root for Louis. 
And we will see you guys next week with SP3 on a Wednesday. But Steph Chase is here tomorrow at 8 p.m. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.